This Torah learning is dedicated to David and Lenore on the occasion of their wedding. May the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, always dwell with them. Amen. When I learn the work of Rabbi Yehud Leif Ashlag, the Balasulam, I'm struck by the joy and the love that radiates out from his work. His commentary on the Zohar may appear on the surface to be technical, but its essence deals with the relationship between spiritual entities that are hinted at at the Zohar. Zohar talks in terms of the branches as perceived in this world, and Rabbi Ashlag explains the spiritual roots from which they derive. This understanding of spiritual roots gives the person a clear feeling of love and joy which pours out in every paragraph. From his own letters and personal writings, we know that Rabbi Ashlag had a great depth of feeling as well as having deep understanding. In the recordings that remain of his lessons, his voice shines out with a clarity and a radiance like that of the clearest bell, such that even if we don't understand his words, we are struck by his profound presence. To his pupils, he taught that the mind of a person is a tool, but the main aspect of the person is his heart. Ultimately, it is what a person feels that really expresses who he is and where he is. Indeed, in his introduction to the Eitz Chaim, the Panim Mi'irotumas Birot, he makes the point that the body of the person does not lie. Nowadays, there is a lot of emphasis placed on how we feel. But we need to ask the question, where do feelings arise from? God created the creation according to his purpose, which is to give pleasure to the created beings. Because this is the basis of creation, it follows that as created beings we have a basic need to feel pleasure. This is a given. So the question isn't, do we want to feel pleasure? Because we will always seek pleasure. The question is, are we going to get our pleasure in a way that brings us closer to God, or in a way that takes us away from Him? The Creator created two sets of worlds, the framework of holiness and the framework of uncleanness. These frameworks are in fact frameworks of consciousness. The framework of holiness is a consciousness aligned with that of God's. This is the consciousness of giving unconditionally. The framework of uncleanness is the consciousness of selfish love, wherein we use our wills to receive pleasure, putting our own needs first, even at the expense of the other person. Both frameworks allow us pleasure, but in a very different way. The vessel that we are born with and that we grow up with as our basic nature is the vessel of the will to receive for ourselves alone. Initially, we grow in the framework of uncleanness. We need to receive such a vessel for several reasons. First of all, this is the vessel with which, when it is transformed, we will ultimately be able to receive all the good that God wants to give us in the thought of creation. Secondly, it's through our will to receive that we're able to survive in a physical world. 
But it's through this vessel that we have work to do. Our job is to transform its direction and carry out the work that we've come into this world to do, which is to fulfill the rectification of creation, called the tikkun of creation. This work is not only for ourselves, but is for all the worlds, transforming the framework of uncleanness into one of holiness. Before the will to receive oneself alone is transformed into that of giving, it belongs to the framework of uncleanness. It is in opposition of form to God, and thus the light of God cannot enter into such a vessel. Only small sparks of the light of God sustain it and prevent it from being extinguished altogether. Nevertheless, we all chase after its fulfilment, for its cries are strident and urgent, and the pleasure we receive on its fulfilment is immediate and which is within our consciousness. Even though such a fulfilment is transient and doesn't last, and we might even be aware of its temporary nature in advance, nevertheless, ignoring its strident cries is difficult for us to do. Like moths to the candle flame, we're attracted to such passing pleasures. By contrast, the light that comes through the framework of giving may not be immediately obvious to us. It is the light caused by the joy of giving. This is called the Or de Chassadim. But such a light is only felt when we have vessels whose only desire is to give unconditionally. When we start out by giving, we don't actually get to feel this joy because our vessels for giving are not yet developed. Our giving is done initially in faith. Since we don't start out having vessels of giving, but vessels of receiving, giving unconditionally is against our nature. Giving without receiving anything back causes a lot of resistance within ourselves. If we focus on these feelings of resistance, we feel grumpy or resentful in our act of giving, even when we know it's the right thing to do. Since the Creator is happy to give to us, in the inner meaning of the phrase, there was no joy for him as the day of the creation of the world, being resentful or grumpy actually takes us out of the affinity of form that we were looking for when we did our act of loving-kindness. Indeed, the section of the curses in Deuteronomy chapter 28 emphasizes this point dramatically. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and with goodness of heart, by reason of the abundance of all things. Therefore you shall serve your enemy whom the Lord shall send against you, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he has destroyed you. Verses 47 to 48 From this we can see that the feeling of gladness when we serve God turns out not to be an optional extra, but actually the very essence of our service. So now we have the question, how can we get to this joy when we don't actually feel it, as we lack the vessels for it? The answer to this dilemma is to get pleasure from the fact that we've been given an opportunity to give. That, in itself, is so precious. Rabbi Baruch Ashlag encourages us to think in these terms. Just imagine, 
There are so many billions of people in the world, yet the Creator chose just you for this specific task. That thought alone gives a person a feeling of pleasure. These feelings of pleasure are feelings we need to emphasize and remember. Furthermore, the greater we feel the Creator to be, the more we value the gift of being able to serve Him. The young Rabbi Ashlag was once taken to visit the Rabbi of Prosov as a child. It was Hanukkah, and the sage gave the boy a small coin for Hanukkah guilt. The child obviously looked at this quizzically, whereupon the sage told him, Look at the giver, not at the gift. From this we can learn that if we are given the opportunity to do even the smallest act for the Creator, we may allow ourselves to feel the greatest joy. It is so important to feel this joy, to allow ourselves to feel this joy and pleasure in the act of giving. And even if we don't manage to actually feel it at the moment of the giving, to at least contemplate the fact that we were able to give with pleasure. It is important for us to feel this joy, not only for the fact that it brings us into complete affinity of form with the Creator, but it also stops us looking for pleasure in the framework of uncleanness. It appears that in our psyche, nature abhors a vacuum and would rather feel miserable than not feel anything at all. The world to receive for ourselves alone is the basic nature we've been born with. It's not simply going to walk away. But rather than regarding it as an obstacle or a nuisance, we could actually use our negative feelings as a means through which we can come to the good. These are feelings whose origin stems from the framework of uncleanness, feelings of jealousy, unhappiness, pride, victimhood, anger. There may well be patterns of feeling that were established in our childhood when our vessels were forming. And as we've learnt, the years of our childhood are all spent in the framework of uncleanness. One would think that it would be a simple matter to separate these feelings and clearly distinguish them, those which arise from the framework of uncleanness, and then be able to distance ourselves from them. But our experience tells us it's not so easy. We look for pleasure, and if we're not receiving pleasure in the framework of, of holiness, we will look for it in the framework of uncleanness. But we can use these negative feelings as a means through which we can come to the good. Rabbi Ashag looks at feelings and the way they can be used for the good in his remarkable letter to his brother Rabbi Shmuel Ashlag, which addresses the question as to why the soul incarnates into the body in the first place. He writes as follows. The foundation of the soul, as is known, is part of God on high. Prior to its coming into the body, it is in union with God, as is a branch to its root. It is stated in the beginning of the Eitz Chaim that God created the worlds because it was his will to reveal his holy names, that he is merciful and compassionate, etc. For if there were no creatures, there would be none to whom he could show compassion. Look well there, for these matters are very deep, 
however a little according to the power of my pen. The Zohar states, the entire Torah is made up of the names of the Holy Blessed One. Furthermore, regarding attainment, that which we cannot attain, we cannot know by name. It is brought in the holy books that the attainment of these names of God is the reward of the soul, which therefore came to the body. It was just through the means of the body that the soul was able to attain the names of the Holy Blessed One, and according to its attainment, so is the measure of its stature. We can take it as a general principle that for every spiritual entity, its life force is in accordance with its knowledge of God. A living being in the physical world feels itself because it is made up of both intelligence and material. It has feeling. We see, we see that the spiritual sense is an aspect of knowledge and the measure of spiritual stature is the greatness of that knowledge. According to the scripture, a man shall be commended according to his intelligence. Proverbs chapter 12. But the living entity that is only spiritual knows but does not possess feeling at all. Understand this well. Now we can understand the reward of the souls. Prior to the soul coming into the body, she was like a small point. Even though she was united with her root as the branches of a tree, this aspect of the soul is designated the root of the soul in her world. If she had not come into this world in a body, she would only have had her world that is to say, her part in the root. However, the more the soul's merit walk in all the ways of God, may he be blessed, whose ways are revealed in the 613 paths of the Torah, which embody the names of the Holy Blessed One in actual reality, then her stature grows according to the measure of these names which she attained. What this passage is saying is that the soul, when it is in its spiritual root, isn't very cut with God in the higher worlds. It's in unity with God. But although there it has knowledge of God, it needs to descend into this physical world to acquire feeling. For it's only through the feelings that we can attain the names of God. What are the names of God? These are actually vessels for the light of God. The light of God is one, but it manifests differently according to the particular vessel. According to the desire for something, so is that particular quality in the light revealed. Let's look at an example. Take the situation when someone is worried because somebody close to him is ill. He feels anxious and his anxiety creates the vessel to receive God's light as a healing light. He wants to experience God's light as the healer. Or, at times when Israel is embattled and under threat, we long for God's light to manifest as a saving light, as the saviour of Israel. So the absence of a state that is ardently desired can actually be part of the creation of a vessel for the light of God and attain God's name as a saviour. I will never forget 
the moment when Natan Sharansky, after years of incarceration in a Soviet prison, arrived at the Western Wall and made the blessing, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who releases the prisoners. Only one who has actually experienced the feeling of being imprisoned truly can attain that particular name of God with so much power. Feelings that originate from the framework of uncleanness can also be transformed in this way. If we were to notice that we are angry, we could of course succumb to the transient pleasure of acting this anger out. But that would put us in the framework of uncleanness, in opposition of form from the Creator and separation from Him. Or, we could use our awareness of our anger as an opportunity to ask God to help us attain the desire for forgiving. Thus, creating a vessel for God's light that belongs to the framework of holiness. And indeed, Rabbi Baruch Ashlag says more than once, don't ask for the light, ask for the vessel, ask for the desire for forgiveness. When we do that, we place our attention away from the anger and we place it instead on our desire to heal it, right in the framework of holiness. At first, we may not succeed, but we need to keep trying. We should use every tactic we can, but ultimately, it is only the Creator Himself who can give us these vessels. And when He does answer our prayer, we may thank Him with joy and gratitude with all our heart. This Torah teaching was brought to you as a podcast from Nahora School Audio. If you would like to dedicate a podcast, a Torah teaching, to celebrate an occasion, or for Ilunishmato of a loved one, please contact Yadida through the website at rabbiashlag.com or nahorapress.com. Books and further studies are also available on the website.